Okay, uh, our message is from Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, or some versions would say inherit the land. So what the Lord gave me for our message is kind of what does it mean and how is it seen? So what does it mean to be blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth? Well, meek or meekness, some versions use the word for meek as gentle, lowly, or humble, and I know you, you saw that in your lesson, you looked that up, and I know you're going to be able to talk about that in your group. But as we follow the progression of the Beatitudes that begins in Matthew chapter 5, we've already looked at the first one, which is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And if you will recall, it has to do with being spiritually bankrupt. It's recognizing your sinful state and recognizing that apart from Christ, you cannot save yourself, you can't earn your salvation, you don't deserve your salvation, um, you can't purchase it, and that we need to acknowledge our sinfulness and the Lord's sinlessness. And as Pastor Michael calls it, the great exchange, where Christ takes our sin and he gives us his righteousness. And because of that, we become part of God's family. We become part of God's kingdom. And that took us to the second beatitude, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And Lurie talked about that last week. She brought the message. And we, of course, relate that, obviously, to those who mourn because they're grieving over the loss of life or something very um, close to them and God comforts us, but also those who mourn or grieve over the state of the world and others' lostness without Christ, the sinfulness of man apart from Christ. And we know that apart from Christ, if they leave this earth, that unless the last few seconds they recognize the Lord and they did business together with him, that they probably are not, unless again they, they receive Christ, they're not going to be in heaven, and that grieves us. We mourn over those. We mourn over the poverty, how people are treated in other parts of the world, how people are treated here, the kids that are so bullied in school now. I mean, when we grew up, we called other, each other names and everything, but that, you just, it just wasn't the way bullying is today, and especially with the social media and how that is so out of control, and we mourn over that. But the biggest thing is that we mourn over our own sin. And there's a progression when you recognize your sinfulness and, and what it cost Christ to redeem you, to save you, then you're going to mourn over that sin. You're going to mourn over your sinful state. You're going to mourn and grieve when you sin and you offend the Lord, especially when you, you know him and you love him and you want to be pleasing to him. You don't want to um, grieve him. And so we mourn over our own state um, of our sinfulness, and yet we're comforted because we know there's forgiveness in Christ, that when we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us, and we're going to be living forever when the Lord comes for us one way or the other, and we're home with him. No darkness, no sin, none of that evil that we deal with today in a you turn on the news or listen to the news or read a news report, it can be grievous. But uh, 
we know that we have that relationship with the Lord and he's coming again for us. And so that comforts us. And that brings us then to the Matthew 5, 5 beatitude that we're looking at. When we recognize our sinful state, when we have a right attitude toward our sin, which is to hate evil the way God does, and to grieve over it, it leads us to the attitude of Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek. To be meek is to recognize it's all about Jesus. Like Chris said, it's boasting in the Lord. It's not boasting in ourself. It's, we're to be done away with me, myself, and I. It's to be humble and gentle, knowing that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Laurie reminded us that our very breath comes from the Lord. We're sitting here this morning breathing because of God's grace and mercy that he's giving us breath. Had he not formed us in our mother's womb, we wouldn't even be here. Had he not died on the cross and, and rose again, we'd still be dead in our trespasses and sins. Had he not loved us and loves us still, we would be without hope and without help. We'd be without joy and peace and strength and wisdom and light. We'd be without a future that is guaranteed an inheritance that's guarded, protected by the Lord. And part of our inheritance as believers is to rule and reign with Christ. And we're going to and be with him in the new heavens and the new earth. And during that thousand-year reign, we're going to reign with him. The earth is the Lord's now, and so we are in Christ. And in essence, we could almost declare that the earth is ours as we are in Christ. But we're going to inherit the land. We're going to inherit the earth, the new earth. All evil will be under Christ's rule. Now the, the prince of the power of the air still is working in the children of disobedience. And yet we see the evil and we fret over it. We say, how can it be? And yet the Lord says, don't fret. He knows what the end is. And we know we're the winner. We are on the winning side. And there will come an end to those things. Some liken inherit the earth or inherit the land as Canaan, the promised land, which the Israelites were led into the promised land. And they had to take control and fight the enemy that was in that land to take their possession. And if you were with us when we studied Joshua, you know that for the believer, there's riches in Christ that are ours now. That's part of the promised land that we can have and experience today here on earth. But then when we get to heaven, it's like that fullness of the promised land, that, that new place, that new body, new everything that we're going to have in Christ. To be meek is to be humble, lowly, and gentle. It's to recognize that we are a sinner like every other human being is. We are, it's to recognize that we are saved by grace. It's God's gift that he offers to everyone in the world. And it's to have strength but strength under control, choosing to yield, choosing to submit, choosing um, to let the Lord have his way in our life and submitting to others um, as we see. Now, there was a righteous anger that Jesus displayed. There was a righteous anger that we're told in James to be angry, but to sin not. And so we can be righteously anger angry over like abortion and gays and, and how Christians are being treated and different things going on in the world, but it's our reaction that's going to show if we are being meek or not. It's our reaction. Is it prayerful? Is it um, peaceful? Uh, when we see these things, are we going to go throw stones or are we going to pray and ask the Lord to put a stop to the darkness? 
Well, if you would turn to Philippians chapter 2 with me, I want to go through some of those verses as we consider what it means to be meek. Philippians 2, 1 through 11. And it says, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. And that's talking mercy and affection and, and joy and love can really all be pointed to meekness. When you're meek, you're going to have these things. And it says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. There that is, that meekness. Lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. There's that humility that's part of being meek. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's a description of meekness as we see Jesus, God the Son, in all his glory, gave it all up, took on humanity, was clothed in humanity, and came to earth. He put others before himself. He put you before himself. He put me before himself to take on our sin, to die in our place, and to be mocked and ridiculed and rejected by so many. And yet he was willing to do it because he was meek, and he displayed meekness. So that takes us to how is meekness seen? How is this seen? That's what it means. Now, how is it seen? Well, again, we saw it here as Jesus, fully God, became fully man. And he gave up everything to come as a man, to purchase our salvation. Now, it was, there's an optional question in the lesson, which I hope you'll be able to talk about in group, where you were to come up with some ways that you saw Jesus displaying his meekness, his humility, his lowliness, and his gentleness. But in Philippians 2, his meekness was seen as he went to the cross, as he laid down his life. Willingly, men didn't take it. He gave up his life. The Father gave his son, and Jesus gave his life. He took the cruel treatment, the beatings. He endured the cross, despising the shame, as Hebrews 12, 2 tells us. In John 19, 1 through 3, it reads, And so then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him or flogged him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they struck him with their hands. They struck God, the Son, with their hands. Another place it says they took a reed and beat him over the head and spit in his face. It, it, it just It's like you cringe, don't you, when you realize what he went through. He had strength under control. He didn't have to take it. He was perfect. He was God. Think about everything he could have done to those that were mistreating him, even the crowds that were yelling out, crucify him, crucify him. And yet he didn't. He went as that 
that lamb before the slaughter because he knew that was, that was the way that he was going to be able to redeem man and all those that would accept him. We see meekness in Jesus when he delayed coming to Mary and Martha when their brother Lazarus was sick and dying. And we know when he got there, Lazarus was already dead. And I'm sure Mary and Martha didn't, didn't say, you know, why, did, why didn't you come sooner? I'm sure they weren't angry. They were probably grieved and they probably were upset that he delayed his coming because they felt had he come when Lazarus was still sick, he would have healed him. He still, he could have said, okay, look, you don't trust me. You don't, you, you have no idea what I was going to do. See you later, girls. No, he went ahead and, and in his power, he raised Lazarus from the dead. And he said it was for God's greater glory. Think about all those that, uh, followed him, the disciples, they were constantly questioning him, but, you know, and what he was doing, and was he doing what they thought he should do or not, yet he never rejected them. Even Judas, who he knew would betray him, he still included him with the other disciples, and I'm sure some of you did the optional, so I'm not going to talk anymore about how we see meekness, how it's seen in Jesus' example, but how's it seen in a believer? How can meekness be seen in, in us? Well, Philippians 2 already basically told us, care about others. Be interested in what's going on in someone else's life. Don't just be, well, gee, I feel really bad for her. And then go about your business. Pray. Pray. Offer a word of encouragement. Ask the Lord to give you a scripture. I have a, a pretty close friend that, that's dealing with a cancer diagnosis right now and um, I read something this morning in one of the little devotional things, and, and it was like, okay, I have to get ready. I'm coming for Thursday morning, blah, blah, blah. And I just kept feeling the Spirit say, make a copy. Make a copy of that because you know that would encourage her. So you take the time. You care about others. You're interested in others. Um, you put others before you. And that doesn't mean that, um, you know, when we talk about the ground being level at the cross, we're not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought, but I know a lot of us as women deal with insecurity, and we think, oh, I'm not as good as this person. I'm not as good as that person. I can't do that as well, and oh, I wish I was more like her or like him, and yet there's the other side of we look at people and think, well, my life is cleaned up compared to that person. Oh, man, I'm glad I'm not sinning like that person still is. We can be a respecter of persons, and the Lord isn't. It's having a right estimate of yourself, worthy because Jesus gave his life for you, but not thinking you're any better. We're all sinners saved by grace. We're all sinners that need Jesus Christ, and that's what it means to know that the ground is level at the cross. And when you think about Philippians, the context of where it says every knee will bow and every tongue confess, it's in the context of saying, have this mind in you. Be a lowly, lowliness of mind. Love, help others, think about others. It, it's not that someday, yes, someday every knee will bow, every, knee will con, every tongue will confess, but it's saying, look, the ground's level, every knee, sinner, saint, Every knee is going to bow. As believers, we've already bowed our knee. We've already confessed that Jesus is Lord. And the whole world will someday. But in the meantime, how meekness is seen in us is to, to care about others, to put others first, to have a right attitude 
Um, meekness is to be seen, it can be seen as we give up our right to be right, as we give up our right to have our own way, as we give our right to be recognized or acknowledged. In Luke 9.23, Jesus said, if anyone comes after me, let him daily deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow after me. He denied himself. He picked up his cross. And that's what we need to do, dying to self, dying to those our own rights, to that sin nature that we have that, is, that cares about me, myself, and I first. I'm going to read, you don't have to turn, but I'm going to read you some other verses. James 3, verses 13 through 17. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, bless you, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So it's not being a respecter of persons. It's not seeking to divide, but, but the, it's pure, it's peaceable. And we're going to study the beatitude that talks about the peacemakers in, in the near future. Okay, in Titus 3, 1 and 2. Again, this is how meekness can be seen in us, in, in the believer. And this is where Paul's reminding Titus to remind the Christians, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one. Anyone ever struggle with talking about someone? Thank you. I've never talked about any of you, though. It's okay. <laughs> Only with love. All good things. All good things. To speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Again, that's being meek, strength under control, regardless of how you're being treated. Now, that doesn't mean you're to be a doormat. Being meek is not being weak and being a doormat, but it's letting God defend you. It's letting God protect you. It is um, trusting the Lord with what is going on in your life. It's praying and answering uh, someone that's angry with a soft answer that turns away wrath. It, it's not retaliating in the flesh, which is what our flesh wants to do. In Galatians 6, 1 through 3, it says, Brethren or sisters, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness or meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Because don't you ever, when you see someone stumble and sin, you think, oh, I'd never do that. Well, you might not do that, but trust me, it could come along later, or maybe you're weak in an area where that other person isn't. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. It's having an attitude that Jesus died on the cross for each and every person we encounter. And I know there's some that we don't want to go to heaven. They don't deserve heaven. Do we deserve heaven? No. It's God's grace and his mercy. The person that cuts you off on the freeway. He might be a brother or sister already in Christ. And if he's not, he totally needs the Lord 
or she needs the Lord. So it's an attitude of praying for others and letting God deal with others and what they're going through. And then, um, well, I'm not going to read that last one. You can look up 2 Timothy 2, verses 24 and 25. But meekness, ladies, is seen through our attitude toward the Lord, toward others, and toward ourselves. It's how we view ourselves. Do we, do we think of ourselves as better than others or others better than ourselves? The Lord kind of brought to mind when I was working on the message um, Solomon and the two women that claimed to be the mother of the baby that came to him. And Solomon in his wisdom said, okay, well, let's cut the baby in half and then you each can have half the baby. Because um, I can't decide. They didn't have DNA testing back then. Um, and so what did the real mother do? Well, the real mother stepped forward. <laughs> she did. She gave up the baby. She said, no, 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 don't, don't kill the baby. Because she loved him. She was willing to give up her right to that child for the betterment of that child. And she ended up with the baby, right? Because Solomon knew the, the mother that would give up the child was the one that really did love the child. But anyway, out of love, she did what was best for the baby. And that's like giving up our self-will, giving up our rights. We don't have to prove our point or win every argument or win a argument or the argument. Um, I'm going to give you an example of how this can be seen in marriage. Now, this is what you don't do. But I'm sorry, it has my sarcastic sense of humor, so I'm going to share it with you. There was a couple that had been arguing. They were driving in the car, and they were giving each other the silent treatment. And they were driving down a country road. And they drove past a farm, and they saw lots of chickens and goats and cows and, and pigs. And the husband turned to his wife and said, relatives of yours? She said, yes, in-laws. Now, don't do that. That's not being meek, okay? That's not displaying meekness. But you needed a, a laugh, right? As a parent, as a parent, moms, build up your children. Don't tear them down. Teach with gentleness. Teach with meekness. Teach by example and with your actions. When you're wrong, humble yourself. Go to them. Ask them to forgive you. Pray with them. Ask them to pray for you when you're wrong. Uh, with other believers, Again, don't be a respecter of persons. God isn't. Don't accuse others. And when they accuse you, don't defend them. I mean, don't try to defend yourself. Just pray. Let God work it out. You don't have to get into a big issue over things. Let God show you the way and seek the way of peace. How it's seen when a believer is, is showing meekness with unbelievers, remember, you're not any better than they are. You're just saved. They're not saved yet. Jesus died on the cross for them too, and that's really hard to do. I have a hard time when I'm dealing with an unbeliever or a group of unbelievers and to think that Jesus died for their sins. It's hard. I need to make my mind go there because otherwise I'm ready like, who was it? In the New Testament, they said Jesus called down lightning, you know, the sons of thunder. But anyway... They need Jesus, and they, we need to let them see Jesus in us. And one author wrote, Meekness is a true view of oneself, expressed in attitude and conduct with respect to others. This makes us gentle, humble, sensitive, and patient in all our dealings with others. 
So ladies, meekness is strength under control. And I know um, in Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the spirit. One of the aspects of that is, is self-control. Um, and we've been told we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, which is, in a sense, that same self-control. But ladies, this is all as we yield to the Holy Spirit. It's really not, okay, Lynn has self-control. It's only as Lynn yields to the Spirit of God working in Lynn that there is self-control. It's really spirit control, not the flesh, not the sin nature that we want. Um, it, it, it's not letting the sin nature have control, but yielding to the new nature that we have been given, that control that the Holy Spirit um, will exhibit in and through us as we become more like Jesus in our attitudes and in our behavior. And then that or in spirit, mourning um, over our sin, it would be blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit in each of us, Lord, and we want to yield and give you the, the right of way in our lives. Lord, let you work on our behalf. Let you make the decisions and give us guidance and light the way before us. So, Lord, I pray for these women and the new ones, Lord, um, I, I don't know where they are with you. I pray that you are their Savior, you are their Lord, and I pray that you just knit our groups together as we meet and share with one another as we've learned through the week and, and can minister one to another. So, Lord, have your way. Lead us and guide us through the discussion time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.